Author's Hour. Get the story behind the story. It's all on the Author's Hour. You'll get to hear the authors talking about their books and the journey behind how it all began. Join the opportunity to hear the insights on what inspired them to write it. Now, here is your host, Wayne G. Barber. And uh, again, good morning. And uh, I did some reading and a nice lazy boat ride on the uh, Norwegian Dawn from Boston. And the book that I selected was Grimalkin Redeemed by L.A. Jacob. And she's about four feet away from me right now. And I believe this is your fourth visit on the show? Yes, fourth visit. You got me started on homecoming. Right. I got into that, and then you said, I got another one coming out. I got another one coming out. And you keep outdoing yourself with fresh material and fresh subject matter. I can see the evolution of your books. It's so fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And uh, we're going to dissect this book, and I've got a lot of questions. And I don't want Roger Bush to leave anywhere because he's on page 150 in this book. I spotted it. <laughs> okay. This is a time of the year. A lot of people are off of the summer, and you're looking for a good beach read. I highly encourage us, if you want to start with her series, and she has quite a few books out there now. How many books you got on the market now? Technically, 12. 12 books already, and I've only read four? Yes, the rest of her are erotica books. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> My grandkids will like it, too. <laughs> uh, Grimalkin Redeemed is what we're going to uh, dissect today. That would be a very good beach read, and it's appropriate for all ages, too. Yes. It's very mild in that, even yes. the gay situations. Yes. Okay. Ramalkin Redeem. First of all, did you design the cover? Yes and no. Um, I gave her the idea of the cover, and then um, the uh, graphic artist actually did the cover. Okay. Fantastic. I told her to do white and two pentacles. Okay. It caught my eye. It's not confusing. It explains exactly what it is by that one glance. Right. Now, protect your present or suffer from your past. It's Scott's birthday, and Mike Labonte has big plans for his boyfriend. First, he has to deal with losing his magic. However, he's well known to the police as a consultant, and someone has summoned a demon in the North Burial Ground in Providence, Rhode Island. Not just any demon... But Lucifer himself. As Mike fights to try and regain his magic to help the police, a man from his past comes into town and tries to make inroads on his boyfriend. That Mike cannot abide by. And boy, that is a hook. Yes, thank you. Your characters are so expandable. They, they're, a, they're a lot of fun to write. I've been writing Grimalkin or Mike for about 10 years now. And Scott was actually created by another person who's given me permission to use his character in my stories. Fantastic. 10 to 12 books, unbelievable. <laughs> so um, the other 12 books, I also have written short stories okay. that go with it, with the Grimalkin universe. Okay. Um, the short stories are available at any of my events, and they're freebies. So they're, they give a background to a lot of the Grimalkin stories. Like what, the first one is his origin story. The second one is what happened to him in prison. And the third one that just came out is 
um, Mike and Scott have gotten married, and they're going to visit their um, his sister for Thanksgiving. And what happens at a family gathering when things, when the family is dysfunctional? Okay, in this particular book, you have the coming out party when they go visit his father and mother. Right when he comes, when Mike comes out finally to his father. Yep, and. That, I think, in the book could have been expanded just a little bit more. I wanted to, but I also didn't want to put off readers um, because, I mean, I understand that being, coming out uh, for is, is a very traumatic experience, but Mike is not the type of a character who dwells on things, okay. if you notice. I mean, he doesn't really, he just, he's very impulsive. Yep. And when he said it, it was more impulsive when yep. he did it. So he wasn't thinking of what was going to happen next. And how his father deals with it, dealt with it is how my grandfather would have dealt with it. And that's how um, just, you related that to that's, the story. That, that, like all my, all those, all the people in the books yep. are relatable to people in my life or that I've been experienced to. Yeah. Um, and that, that is like how my grandfather would have dealt with it. It's just like, no, don't even bring him around. It's same thing in my particular family, being an influence with a lot of Roman Catholic and stuff like that. My mother would have disowned me right off the bat. Right. And my wife's grandmother would have probably said, you've got to go see a doctor and get fixed. Yes. And that was how they handle stuff like that. Or they ostracize you, period, and didn't discuss it another day in their life. Right. Yeah, and, and that is, I mean, later on, if I was to continue with the series, he would probably be ostracized by his father from the, for the rest of his life. Yep. But, and his mother, my plans were that his mother would eventually accept it, not accept it, tolerate it, but she wouldn't totally accept it. Okay, now the other thing that I've noticed, and it seems to be a trait, after uh, working with about 92, 94% Rhode Island authors on the Authors Hour, it seems like we all include our, our Rhode Island reference point or a historical spot somewhere in Rhode Island in the books. Yes. And I think it, it's just common sense. It comes back to us. We're writing about something we know. And then we're trying to convey a message of a feeling of that location that we get when we think of it. And it conveys in print. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I usually, well, I base most of my art, articles and stories in Rhode Island or New England area because that's what I'm familiar with. Yep. Uh, as for instance on that, uh, Roger Bushard from WNRI is on page 150 because he was your first choice as a elder Frenchman. Yes, I, I, need, I needed to think of somebody who lived in Woonsocket who was an older fellow and that's the only person I could think of at the time. I don't know, Roger squinted over there. I, you don't know if it's a compliment or a, a detriment to his age or something. But also, Valley Breeze is mentioned in it. Now, William Blackstone Prison. The William Blackstone, F. Blackstone Prison is the prison, the magic prison yeah. that he's actually been sent to. It's a fantastic book. It's sci-fi. It's historical in places. It's a murder mystery in other places. Yes. 
I tried to I tried to put in a lot of genres in it's yep. really I mean if you want to put it in one genre it's young adult yeah but it's a murder mystery because of that it's also LBGTQ friendly yep. um, it also goes into mental health issues it also goes into um, you know like other other kinds of different genres and romance um, so it's it, it does a little bit of everything. I got an email from Dick from Worcester, Massachusetts. He says, of your many books and writings, is the erotica the most prof uh, profitable? Yes, as a matter of fact, it is. Um, That's what I thought too. It's um, the the erotica. I write gay erotica. Yeah. Um, and I also have it in audiobook. Okay. And actually, all of these Grimalkin books are audiobooks now. Okay. So. Um, the audiobooks are a very big thing in the western part of the country. Really? Yes. They're, they're because the long commutes. Um, and my publisher was very big into getting audiobooks. And audiobooks are, are the number five, erotica ero audiobooks are the number five bestsellers in Audible. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. I knew it was big, but I didn't realize it was that big. Yeah. So, it, so the erotica, uh, I mean, Right now, because of the, I mean, I've got six books in the erotica series, and um, the the, first, the second three of the books are just recent, so I haven't seen the royalty check there, but I've seen a steady stream yep. of be of it being sold. I've had uh, other authors come on and explain that same thing, and what they're doing is uh, the erotica part of the income coming in subsidizes the writing of the novels. Yes. And, and also get your name out. That's what I'm trying to do. Now, uh, do you define the, your author's name two different ways with a pseudonym? I have a pseudonym. His name is Maxwell Thomas. Okay. Um, it's the names of my cats. Okay. <laughs> and um, they're... Now, do you think by using Maxwell Thomas, a male name type of thing... Generates more sales? Yes, because some gay men do not like the idea of a gay of a of a woman actually writing gay male fiction. I never thought of that. They don't think that they can do it right, but um, it takes research. Okay. I hate to put it that way, yep. but it takes research and and also work. And I also play games and work on other with another person who is actually who who is actually gay and I put Good it he's my beta back. reader yep. and I have him read it and it's like is this accurate can this happen and if if it doesn't then he'll let me know if it does then he'll also let me know that's a, a tremendous asset to have that when you're writing yes uh, we talked a little bit in the lobby and I think we could have talked for another three or four hours you're very relaxing talking with and it seems like we're on the same page talking about this new journey that we're on in writing and uh, we're both experiencing the multiple ideas for books that yeah. once you get into this writing mode no matter how old you are what age you is uh, genre or whatever it takes over part of your brain and keeps coming up with these ideas that would make a good book our dream patterns change. Mm -hmm. And how do you manage your time? I know you work at CVS. You have a job there. Uh, you're writing, running a family. How do you allot your time or designate your time for writing? I 
make the time because and usually what I do is I prepare my space okay um, I, I am a believer in like inspiration and so I prepare myself mentally that I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write and whatever happens to come out happens to come out if it's good that's great if it's not good then oh well but at least it's something that is on the page yep. and I write usually my, my, at my best in the morning um, before before I go to work um, I usually get up about 5 o'clock in the morning and I'll write for about an hour or so then I'll go get ready for work um, and then um, I usually will come home and then I'll edit Okay. Um, usually what I wrote in the morning because what I wrote in the morning is like fresh from dreamland yep so it's 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 very very vague yep. but then when I like what one person I know said write drunk edit sober well, that's a good term <laughs> write drunk and edit sober I love yes. that I love that so she she said that so if you write in the early morning when your mind is still cloudy then all the good stuff actually spills out now, you gave me a perfect pointer in the lobby talking about that uh, with all, all these different ideas that explode, which all take time. Now, I fire up in the morning, and I got my Yahoo Mail, 100, 150, <laughs> and then I've got the five websites and 5,000 Facebook friends. Right. And it consumes a good part of maybe an hour and a half, two hours, just to get caught up daily. Yep. Then take a break and take your meds or your coffee or whatever. Yep. And you multiply that times seven days a week because it never stops and i'm finding now a lot of writers are writing at the end of the day and writing to three or four o'clock in the morning and then they're really pooped and sleep later in the morning right and kind of miss some of that action well i don't have that luxury because i have a job yeah so and I, responsibilities of running yeah, the house and, and, and a house and your so, pets and stuff too yeah so now another thing you tipped about and we uh, had a discussion on it and maybe we can bring this up at one of our monthly meetings, is the art of short stories. Right. You said you have the collection, you have some freebies now and stuff like that. And uh, if you have all these ideas for a book, condense it into a short story first while it's fresh in your mind. Yes. Accumulate them, inventory them, and then when you do have the time and those juices slow down a little bit, go back to them and really look at it and say, Maybe all it needs is a front half, three chapters in the front, three in the back, and you have the book. Right. Well, what I, the other thing that um, happened recently is that War Mage, which is the second book in the Homecoming series, yep. Yep. I have been trying for the last three years to make it a novel. So finally I said to the, I wrote it out and I said, look, can I make this a short story? Because it's just not coming out as a novel. I did 10 drafts. Wow. And I said, this is, I, I, I can't make this into a novel. I have to make it into a short story. So he said, okay, we'll make it into a 99 cent short story. Um, we'll just do that and then you can move on with your life. So that's what we've decided to do is that War Mage is going to be out 
sometime at the end of the year, probably, as a short story, as a 99 cent on, on single on Kindle, yep. and 99 cent around Smashwords and whatever, and then I can just move on, because I prefer to write urban fantasy, contemporary fantasy like Grimalkin, yep. um, magical realism, which is also what That's what you as. really enjoy. That's what I really enjoy doing. Yep. And that's what I can make a novel out of it. And... Um, my publisher has also suggested that I write short stories um, from the Grimalkin universe, yep. such as their backstories, like from who that Ritter world, is. From that world. Yeah, who Ritter is, who Chevalier is, who is, who, um, like, what the, who, who the seven people were yep. who actually summoned Lucifer, and, and all of that kind of thing. So... That's, that's what's next on my bucket list. That sounds like a very interesting subject matter. Thank you. You know, I was just thinking of something. If you wrote one short story a week, at the end of the year, you'd have 52, 52 short, short stories. stories. And they all can't be bad. Well, th that's <laughs> true. Well, I've been what I've been trying to do right now is write poetry. Oh, really? One, one poetry per, like, a lively literati. Yeah. Um, because I got, try to get up there at open mic, and I'm trying to get over my own introversion. Yeah. And actually try to work with... And and to because like I like we discussed the lively literati is a very supportive group. Yep, it is. And they have an open mic for prose and um, poetry. Yep. So I've been trying to develop poetry once a week or once a month to at least read there, and to get my own speaking skills better. It's amazing how much you're expand, expanding your plate. You know, adding on all these other different things into that and growing as a writer. I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay. Now, is there, on that poetry aspect, I know Adelie Bourne is probably our most famous one that we have in our group. She's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And we probably have maybe 10 or 12 in the Association of Rhode Island Authors exclusively poets. Right. Do you find any place in a Providence area, Cranston area, where besides a lively literati that you can go listen to poetry? Are there any Listen spots? to poetry, no. Um, there's a couple of Facebook sites that I've seen, but I haven't got really gotten into. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's really no place that I know of that you can go to to like for poetry slams. Right. Um, not that I know of. Maybe at the colleges around Brown or something. That's to me scary. Oh really? Because they're too smart for me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you are so spontaneous. It's <laughs> unbelievable. That, 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 I love that. But uh, you must have another one in the works coming out very shortly. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be another extension of Grimalkin? Probably not. It's going to be, actually, it's going to be another murder mystery. Okay. Um, the character is um, an ex-Army Ranger and his, again, I'm writing, I write with gay characters. Yep. Um and his ex-boyfriend has been accused of murder, and he's trying to get his ex-boyfriend out of jail. Would that be a ex uh, so-called extension of Homecoming? Nope. It's an entirely different world. Okay. And there's no magic involved in this one. No magic at all. Just which, a good story. Uh, uh, which was, uh, um, for me, the one of the rules. No supernatural. I wanted to try and do it with without any supernatural elements in it. And... Um, I think I succeeded that well, so that's what's going to be the next one, and it'll come out sometime next year. Okay, so we'll be looking for that. Now, uh, we also mentioned we have the Lou Festival coming up. 
at the old uh, carousel down in East Providence there, right. right on the water. That's coming up for us. And you're going to be at the uh, Expo the first Saturday of December. I'm going to be there. I'm also going to be at Worldcon in San Jose, California. Wow. Yeah. That's when, when is that coming up? Next week. You're going to be in California with I'm your I'm going to be in California on the, 5th, the 16th, August 16th to the 20th. Um, I'll be doing signings, book readings, and card readings with any purchase, and that's what I usually do with any um, event that I'm at. Now, the California event that you're going to be on next week, is that picked up any of the tab, the expenses from your publisher or anything, or is that all you? My publisher gave, paid for my flight. Okay. No, this is a, I think this is a common question because uh, some of the authors that I have on the show, they'll go to Atlanta, they'll go to New Jersey. Some, they get refunded part of it. Well, I did Some have to don't. put it up first. Yep. I did have to put it up first, and he very ha gladly refunded me, which I didn't expect him to do. I got an invitation after my first book come out. Uh, I got a you know publicist, they really slam you on the emails and that. And, oh, you've been selected if you want to go to London and to represent your book at this convention and stuff like that. You are invited, and you're very welcome and all that. But and, you have to put... And then I look at the bottom, and it says $3,800. Right, <laughs> right. So it's another way of them cleverly marketing their convention. Yes. So you got to be very careful on right. that. Right. Now, that's the advantage of working with a publisher the way you're doing it. Yeah, versus I think being uh, totally freelance, self self published, and the good thing about be, the good thing about being with a publisher is that also they handle a lot of the social media. Okay. Um, they do like every Tuesday, my erotica book comes out um, as a you know like today actually is the begin the first story in the Earth series that okay. I've done, um, and then what I do is on Facebook under Maxwell Thomas. Yep. is I write the background story of, okay. you know, where the characters came from, why they are like that, and yep. things like that. So I I do that on Wednesday so that we both kind of collaborate yep. a little bit. And then I also have a blog that comes out on Thursday, and then I have another one that comes out on Sunday. So um, I do some of the social media, but they do a lot of it for me, and the, and they prepare and they give me business cards and um, also books yep. um, to sell, and um, for the direct sales, like I give them half, and then yep. they or or my whatever the commission is, yep. I sell them the com I give them the money, and then they sell me give me my royalties immediately. So they're 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 very good to work with. Now, another thing that we had a discussion about was the blogging. And I told you what I ran into going uh, withdrawals there for seven days without keeping up on my blogs. Mm -hmm. And you gave me a helpful hint that you can pre-write your blogs and stuff and have it dated in your computer and your website on yes. that. And Blogger that, and WordPress also have the ability where you can schedule your blog right? so that if you know you're going to be away, like I know I'm going to be away next week, my blog is still going to come out uh, every Wednesday and Sunday. Because I've noticed when I get my uh, Abitron readings and stuff from Google on a monthly basis, they're shocked. At, uh, I have the loyal viewers that uh, 25 to 27,000 check every day to see what I got up there. Oh, that's awesome. And when you fail to do it even a couple of days, the numbers just drop so fast. Right. It's the same thing with podcasting. 
because yep. I work with podcasting too, and um, it's the same thing with podcasting because podcast my podcast comes out on the first and around the first and the fifteenth of every month. Yep, and if my podcast doesn't come out right around that time, it's like they just decide not to yep. bother looking. Yep. And I think that's what keeps the numbers up and keeps it growing. You need to produce. Yep. You've got to put something first, out there. That's the first um, rule of being a writer is you need to constantly produce. Where do you see yourself in not, not even five years, three years? In three years, I see myself with a lot more books. I'm going ha- to need a 10-foot table. Yep. <laughs> um, or I'm going to have to cut out some books when I sell. Like, I, I, I can't fit everything on a four-foot table anymore right, right. you know um i i do see myself with a lot more books because i have a lot more ideas there's NaNoWriMo that i do every year um which is in, in november you write fifty thousand words in a, in a month yep. i do that every year sometimes i use that sometimes i don't um i i see a lot more a lot more books Okay, uh, are you on a time schedule, or can you stay on a few more minutes? I can stay on. Interview, I think we could go three hours on this, no problem at all. We're on the same page. We're in the same book. And uh, i got to pay a few bills, and we'll come right back and continue this discussion. Sure thing. And we are going to get back into L.A. Jacob. That's Lisa, and also a pen name uh, that she does erotica books in another series. The name of the book we're talking about today is Grimalkin Redeemed. Is this book number four in the series? Three. Book number three of that particular series. Yes. And uh, I have Homecoming of the other one, so I've got uh, three, four now, and then you've got another one coming out. You're going to get me a copy of that. We can dissect that. Why, or the reason, why did you go into writing? Oh, because I went into writing when I was like 15 years old. It just, that far back? Yeah. Um, I'm showing my age. It's like way before the internet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that answer. <laughs> um, I used to handwrite. I mean, it was before computers too. Wow. Um, so I used to handwrite um, writing. Um, I never really watched television. I stopped watching TV when I was fourteen. Wow. And I would listen to music, and there was nothing else to do but read or write. Um, I used to journal a lot. Um, I still have the journals from when I was 14 and 15 years old. Wow. And um, I mean, I've gone through them recently with my son and he's like, you will like this? And I'm like, yeah, I was. <laughs> so um, Now, would you attribute this to a, a very good teacher you had in the grammar school level or an English teacher or another family member that gave you that strong influence? Well, what happened was is that I did an essay called How to Change a Light Bulb and it was done in a humorous manner and I was re- I read it in front of the class and I thought maybe I can do something with this and then a teacher that I had um, contacted me with the Pawtucket Times wow. which I think is still in business um, yeah, they and, are. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I worked with the Pawtucket Times as a feature reporter for young adults um, we did. I did stuff on the schools in Pawtucket, and Providence, and Central Falls, and we had like a young, uh, a young adult beat 
that we had a, a page every Friday that I was in charge of yep. that I had to put together and get reporters and get stories from different high schools in the in the Pawtucket area and Central Falls and Cumberland and yep. then I would have to I was kind of like the editor of that page and then they the edit the editor the city editor would then like oversee me and work with that. Now, and was then, that a union job on the payroll? Oh, or? God, no. no. It was totally volunteer. I was like 16. Okay. Now, also, uh, was that AP or UPI or anything like that? Nope, nope. It was all local kids. All local stuff as a local feature to the paper and stuff yes. like that. Yep. And that started honing your skills at right. a very young age. Right. I started, I started doing newspaper reporting. And then I went into college to, with the idea that I would be a newspaper reporter. Yep. And then I realized that I hated yelling at people. Yep. Because that's what news reporters do is they yell at people a lot of times. Yep. And I liked doing feature reporting. Like I, I did a report on um, a 100-year-old woman. I did a report on breakdancing at the time when breakdancing was in. Yes, I know that shows my age. Um, I did reports on um, all different kinds of feature stories, like missing dogs, that kind of thing. Um, and then when I went into college, I did the um, news desk the, when they would call in with the police blotter. Yep. I did that for a while. Um, what, and then I worked in the morgue, which is... You worked in a morgue? <laughs> the morgue... <laughs> Is the is where they keep all the old newspapers? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'd be going on that one. <laughs> and they keep and again, this is before the internet. So people would call in and say, "Oh, my son's picture was in the in the paper on January third of nineteen twenty three. Can you find it for yeah. microfish?" And I would. No, no, it wasn't microfish. Oh, they were in that. these huge big binder books. Oh my god. And I had to like page through them and then take them and photo I mean, this is so hard. That's some work. That is some work. And then I had to pay and then I had to photocopy it and then make it into a, a photo and send it to the person. This genre the Grimalkin redeemed. Do you have another author that you enjoy reading their work? Jim Butcher. Okay. Um, spelled just how you spell a butcher. Yeah. Um, he wrote a series called The Dresden Files. Okay. The good thing about The Dresden Files is it's very m similar to what I've written. The bad thing about it is that the character should have died off about ten books ago. <laughs> um, because the character, I mean... They're getting stale. It's getting very stale. Yeah. Um, I stopped reading book number at book number five, and I just said I can't stand this anymore. Mm -hmm. And why I'm saying this is, well, I get more emails in the course of the week and the course of this show on hints and tips on writing. And the greatest thing that I can tell you right over the author's hour: write what you know. Yes, write what you know, but. Expand your horizons. Okay. Um, like, as I said, I write gay fiction. I'm not gay. Right. I'm not male. So I have to do... Third I person. have to talk to people. I have to research these things. I have to get into the mindset of that, of that kind of thing. Um, so even though I don't know it, I can empathize with it 
I can feel it. And if you can feel it and empathize it, then you can write it. And you educated yourself, self, self-educated on that matter. Right, right. Uh, I got this stat that I got from Writer's Circle a while back that I can't get out of my head. And they say that 81% of all white American adults think they have a story in their head. I believe that. And now with digital printing, especially memoirs, I can see a lot of grandparents self-publishing a memoir to have something to hand down to the kids. And there are some, there are also some journals that are guided journals that can help a person get out their story. Like, when was the last time you went to a baseball game? Um, Then you can write that out and what talk about that um so if you have a story but you don't know where to start i would suggest going to barnes and noble because they have them on clearance um they have guided journals um on clearance that can talk you through and walk you through like a mother's journal a father's journal that kind of thing my husband god rest his soul he found a journal called All About Me that I had bought for me so he took it and he wrote things in it which my son and I we go back and we look at it every once in a while saying your father wrote this this was important to him and the and like it was a guided journal and he wrote about the things that were important to him the name of that is All About Me yes it's a blue book yep it's called that's the name of the journal is called All About Me yep and it's still be out there anyways right now yes, with yes. the digital and stuff like that. Yes. Now, also, you say you say standard, uh, centered on a lot of your books with uh, using like a recipe card to keep you centered right down in sections. I write, I write my scenes out in, in re- well, I use a program called Scrivener. Okay. Which has recipe uh, index cards in it, in yep. the program itself. But before that... I also put down things in a on a index card, ideas for scenes. Yeah. And then I take them and I actually just put them in a box. And then every once in a while when I get stuck, I go into the box and I paw through the things and I was like, oh, a scene where somebody is on a motorcycle. Okay, I can think of something. And it gets with the that. rhythm going again. And that just starts the re- wheels Jump going. you. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic tip. I'll tell you, it's been an outstanding show. I can't believe how fast an hour goes by. And we'll get you on with another show on your next book coming out. Sure. But uh, this is what the show's all about. You're listening to the Author's Hour on WNRI every Tuesday morning. And I hope we enlighten your literary uh, intellectual audience out there on the world of books and authors and publishing and poetry. And uh, I love doing the poetry shows because I learn so much on it. And uh, expanding it and trying to promote it in the state. And uh, you name it, erotica, children's books, you name it, we try to get it on the author's hour. Lisa, you're welcome to come back anytime. Thanks for having um, me. Thank you. Have okay. a good day. Name of the book is Grimalkin Redeemed by L.A. Jacob, a guaranteed beach read for you.